One thing you can count on in these uncertain times is the registry's grounded and informed news coverage of everything real estate. We are able to deliver the reliable and in-depth news you trust because of generous readers who support our work. Thank you to your commitment to journalism, especially now. And if you're not a subscriber yet, you can join us at theregistrysf.com. Today, we have an opportunity to have a conversation with Eric Foster, the Chief Executive Officer of Swinerton, a San Francisco-based construction company that today is in 17 offices across eight states. The company was founded in 1888. It is 100% employee-owned, and Eric is the company's only 11th CEO since its founding 132 years ago. Eric joined Swinerton in 1982 as a project engineer for the San Francisco Structural Division after graduating from the University of California, Berkeley with a degree in civil engineering. He has progressed through several roles from project manager to division manager, and most recently as the company's president and chief operations officer. We welcome Eric Foster. Eric, hello. How are you? Very good, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Where does this podcast find you? So I'm working from my home in uh, the East Bay in Arinda, California. Converted my my daughter's old bedroom to a home office. Okay, it's actually working pretty well. Great, great. Is she not going to use it anytime soon, or uh, is she old enough that she's out of the house? No, she's long gone. I just never uh, took the time to convert it until now. Right, right, right. Great. Um, so, Eric, just for the benefit of uh, our listeners, um, tell us a little bit about you know how long you've been at Swinerton, your you know recent promotion to CEO, and anything about your history that would be relevant. So it's pretty easy history. Um, graduated from UC Berkeley in civil engineering in, in 1981. Uh, and went to work for Swinerton and Wahlberg um, immediately upon graduation and just finished my 38th year. So pretty straightforward uh, career path, starting from project engineer and, and working my way up to, to now CEO. Great. And you were, um, your, your promotion was um, late last year, is that correct? Yeah, it happened in June of 2019. Got it, got it. So obviously 2019 looked a little different than 2020 does. Uh, give us a little bit of an overview of sort of end of end of the year and kind of how Swinerton, you know, was was looking in terms of, you know, performance and how big the company has has sort of gotten as you saw it, you know, end of the fourth quarter of 2019. Yeah, well, it was a very different world. Uh, fourth quarter of 2019, we finished our business plan for 2020 in November, and we were looking at um, record revenues and record um, net profits it probably uh, uh, probably would have been pretty easy to do 5.2 5.3 billion in revenues so that's up from 2019 from 4.3 billion it's almost a billion more in revenues we were anticipating wow. in 2020. Yeah, and so um, so obviously the virus hits. Everything comes to a crawl, um, including a lot of construction sites. Um, tell us a little bit about you know what that meant for your company and how you guys had to shape your activities um, starting in March. Yeah, so as as you know, as I think most people know, all, all construction in Superior County is except for 
um, selected public works, affordable housing, and and healthcare. Selected healthcare came to a came to a stop. Um, so that was uh, rough, particularly on our special projects, which almost a hundred percent of the special projects, tenant improvement projects, came to a halt. We we were fortunate that we do a lot of healthcare work and affordable housing work, and and also public work. So we only had about uh, 20% of our building projects uh, suspended and then and then 100% of our tenant improvement projects. But it wasn't as bad as um, it could have been if you were a more uh, specified, you know, specific builder. We, we had a pretty good market diversity, which is, which is great. Yeah, and you also have a geographic diversity. So Swinerton has expanded from its roots in the Bay Area. Um, wh- where are you um, all, all throughout the country? Yeah, 17 uh, offices in, in eight states. So, yeah, we, we currently span all the way from Hawaii to Atlanta, Georgia, and Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's interesting to note that um, the six Bay Area counties in Seattle were by far the most restrictive on construction. In fact, Southern California, we, we didn't have any projects suspended in Southern California at all, nor uh, any other state besides uh, Washington and the six Bay Area counties. It's, it's interesting to see how the government officials made these decisions. Yeah. And and uh, from a geographic perspective also, uh, w- what is your industry breakdown in terms of, you know, you mentioned healthcare, you mentioned, you know, tenant improvement stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, could you give us a little bit of a breakdown in terms of the type of work that you guys um, are doing? Pretty standard, you know, general contracting uh, breath, but we try to stay active in, in a lot of markets. So office buildings, uh, multifamily, both affordable and market rate healthcare, aviation, um, hospitality. We have a, a group called Corporate Services and, and what they do is um, tenant improvements for about 70 corporate clients throughout the entire United States. Um, and that's always been a, a core specialty of ours and, and, and still is. We also do um, a lot of renewable energy photovoltaic work. Yeah. And it's, it's, interesting, it's interesting that that market is really really taken off right now primarily due to low interest rates the solar developers we work with are really taking the opportunity for low interest rates to kick their projects off and get them going we've we've had 500 million dollars of sales this year to date in photovoltaic projects yeah do you anticipate that being a growing area uh not just for the country but for swinerton also and maybe not specifically related to the crisis caused by the coronavirus, but perhaps this is the direction in which the industry is going overall? I, I do. I think it's going to be a, a strong market um, for many years in the future uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, as I mentioned, is low interest rates. And number two, I think this COVID-19 virus has, has once it settles down, is really going to put emphasis on climate change and global warming. And, and I hope, it's my, my hope and my prayer that once we settle down, that people will take that a little bit more seriously. And renewable energy is obviously a big part of the solution. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as you looked at um, across the uh, spectrum of um, your operation and you saw different states and, you know, you mentioned different folks were reacting to the closures somewhat differently. Give us a little bit of a sense in terms of um, the spectrum, right, in terms of 
what you saw. So very restrictive to less restrictive. What, what what does that mean? And and maybe maybe kind of a little bit of a sense of you know in which areas were they more so and less so. Well, the six Bay counties by far the most restrictive. As I mentioned, you know they basically suspended all work except for those three product types. Um, the rest of the country um, allowed us to continue our construction projects with the proper you know CDC protocols in place and and we've been very successful um, putting those protocols in place you know hand sanitizers keeping workers six feet apart uh, as best we can um, buying more tools so there's less tools passed between craft to craft and What's interesting is um, since this whole pandemic started, we have 2,400 full-time craft. And so far, we've only had uh, one positive uh, employee. Case, so we're, yeah. we're knocking on wood and we're, yeah, one positive case. So we're, we're happy about that. We're still, you know, a little stay paranoid about it. But I think we've demonstrated that uh, craft can work safely uh, with what's going on. Yeah. Are you working with any uh, health departments throughout the states where you're present to, you know, help with testing or anything like that or encouraging the employees to kind of do things, um, you know, be a little bit more careful? Um, what are what are some things that, you know, you as a construction company are helping your employees deal with? So it's a great question because um, we've been really um, a leader in the stretch, beginning of the day, the stretch and flex where we bring all the craft um, together in, in one or two central locations. We, we go through the, the day's activities. We point out the potential hazardous risks that might occur on that day. And then we do some, some loosening up, physical loosening, stretching and flexing. So that's been thrown on its head because we have to keep now everyone six feet apart to the best we can. So we've broken that up into, into many groups. And now leadership groups where the craft stays six feet apart, but the, but the message is the same thing. Um, be smart, you know, use hand sanitizer, wash your hands, careful with sharing tools. And it's been, um, it's been well received by the craft and it's, I think it's been successful. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so, you know, outside of what, um, you know, you guys had to deal with, you know, specifically and outside of what, um, you know, you're, you're noticing at your company, how is this impacting the industry from a, from a you know near term to midterm um, you know point of view, what is it doing to supply chain to you know materials? What what are you seeing out there? Well, we're seeing um, you know in talking to our architect partners and looking at the architects' um, future billing rates, we're seeing a, a, a huge drop in future work. And I don't construction always lags the economy by eighteen to twenty four months. So I think twenty twenty will be all right and i think maybe the first quarter of 2020 2021 will be okay but after that i see a pretty significant revenue drop it's really hard to predict right now how much that will be but it's going to be substantial um so we're going to start preparing ourselves for that and uh, and get ready to to right size our efforts going forward supply chain um so far has been okay um We've got some curtain wall coming from China, and we've got we also have curtain wall coming from northern Italy, and we've got steel coming from Thailand on some of our projects. Um, it's been delayed a little bit, but um, I don't think it'll be that big an impact um, once we get 
once we get these projects back up and running. Yeah, I spoke to one developer recently who, and, and this is an affordable housing developer who said, you know, we'll be lucky if everything's delayed by six months. Um, what kind of delays are you seeing, um, you know, maybe not just at Swinerton, but just, just across the board th- throughout the industry? You know, it, it varies by product by product, but I don't think it will be as substantial as what you just mentioned. I, I think two months to two and a half months is kind of what I'm predicting, and that's just the amount of time that certain factories were were sheltered in place and couldn't go to work. Most of them are up and running now, and um, it, it, the, the supply line delay will be almost the same as the on-site delay, and I think they'll mesh, and I think we'll be fine in completing our product. Yeah. Um, you guys have done some work with um, some innovative products. I know Mass Timber is like one area that, that's been kind of growing. Um, it's, 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 it's an interesting product. Do you foresee uh, some innovation in, in that respect also, um, kind of given, um, you know, given maybe some issues with, you know, importing um, materials from elsewhere? Uh, how how do you see that that evolving from a, um, from a you know materials point of view? It's a it's a great question. Yeah, and our sort of mass timber group is um, exploding with work. You know, the mass timber uh, building product is the fastest um, growing, I guess, architectural style building I've ever seen in my thirty eight year career. It's uh, people just they just love it. It's a you know aesthetically it's so pleasing. It's a a warm environment to, to work in. I I haven't taken one client to a mass timber project that we've completed without them wanting to do one. It's really interesting. Um, it goes back to the sustainability issue. I think um, after COVID nineteen pandemic is is settled down, I think I think a lot of people are really going to turn towards climate change. And and it it if we don't get our arms around it, if we don't become more proactive, it will make COVID-19 look like the Little League compared yeah. to the, you know, the, the, the World Series of, of problems. So mass timber is one of those solutions that uses a lot less energy than uh, steel and concrete. And the buildings are aesthetically pleasing. I think it's just going to continue to explode in popularity. We're up in Port- our, our manufacturing facility is up in northwest Portland. And... Uh, We'll, we'll, we're going to get our CNC cutting machine installed in about three or four more months, and then we'll be able to fabricate all the fasteners and structural connections on the glue lambs and uh, CLT and, and roll that product out nationally. So we're pretty excited about the future of mass timber. Yeah. What about, um, what about something like, you know, offsite assembly? Do you, do you anticipate that, you know, being um, a bigger part of uh, what you guys do on the commercial and residential side? Um, we're, we have an alignment with Sustainable Living Innovations, which is in, in Seattle and in the Bay Area. And so we're going to break ground on 303 uh, battery in Seattle. Um, probably in four weeks, that'll be, I, I believe it's 18 stories. Don't hold me that, but it's a prefabricated 18 story apartment building in downtown Seattle. It's a, instead of a modular or a box solution, this is a, a panelized solution, kind of a kit of parts. We've been, we've been working on it for four or five years, have one project completed in Seattle called um, 47th and 7th, which is in the university district. And this will be the second project in Seattle. And then we're teed up for a project in, in Daly City in California. So we really like the, the product and we think it does um, 
we think we can do it faster and cheaper than conventional multifamily construction. Yeah, yeah. So, Eric, as you um, look at the landscape of of the industry, you 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 mentioned that you know twenty twenty will be okay, but then going forward things will uh, you know slow down. How do you um, you know what what sectors of the construction industry kind of if you can break it up you know between office you know multifamily you know lab uh, you know that kind of thing. Where, where do you see the activity? halting further and where do you see some activity you know beyond 2021 you know moving forward where, where are the opportunities i guess is uh, what i'm trying to get to yeah obviously um hospitality and retail are just being crushed by this um so they'll they'll be hurt badly but i think office building i think office building could could be fairly uh okay once we get past this and then uh, i think healthcare will be strong uh, the other the other market that that we're very active in with our um, partner Griffin Structures is Griffin Swinton is is the public private partnerships and I think I think you might see that market um, become even stronger because these cities and counties are going to have tremendous financial difficulties just yeah. like private industry but they're still going to need um, civic in- infrastructure you know, police stations libraries um, fire stations so. Um, you know, we offer a turnkey design, build, finance solution to those projects where the city or county just pays lease payments for 30 years. We operate it for that period of time. I'm very bullish on that market. The other thing I wanted to ask you also about is so, um, you know, some some geographies are beginning to loosen um, a little bit. Um, uh, there, you know, restrictions around construction and, and what can and cannot do. Um, what, what are you seeing out there? Um, I believe most recently the Bay Area, uh, six counties have announced that they're going to extend the distancing through the end of May. Um, how how is that how is that um, playing itself out throughout some some of the other geographies? Yeah, it's a good question. So it's a little unclear um, because Cal- California, the six Bay Area counties, they're going to uh, issue further written instruction later in the week, but. Washington, for example, state of Washington announced that May 4th that most construction projects will be allowed to proceed onward with proper social distancing and safety in place. So I'm hopeful that the six Bay counties follow the lead of uh, Governor Inslee and allow most construction in six Bay counties to, to proceed. Um, I understand shelter in place uh, will will go to the uh, end of the month for for most businesses, but we're hopeful that we've demonstrated construction can be performed safely in the six area counties. It's interesting that the um, the, the uh, collective bargaining uh, unit of the Carpenters CEA they just published a, a survey result on Friday that said from February 15th to March 15th they had a little over 37,000 carpenters work and had 25 positive tests. So 25 positive tests with 37,000 workers, pretty good results. And, and and there's no way to know if they got the positive tests at home or at work. So those statistics, I think, are encouraging that construction can be done safely. Going forward, Eric, um, what are some things that you guys are going to focus on the most? You know, we're going to continue on uh, geographic expansion. Um, we're, like I said, we're currently in eight states, 17 offices in eight states, but I, I've always um, 
we've always been focused on that and and we and we're going to continue that way and this COVID-19 has just emphasized the importance of that because uh, different parts of the country have been affected in different ways and the more diverse you can be geographically I think the, the better for your business so that's going to continue um, self-perform work is going to is an emphasis of ours and like I said we have, we're up to 2400 craft I hope to be but 5,000 craft in say five years time, depending on the severity of this recession, that might take a little longer, but self-performed concrete, self-performed drywall, fire safety. Uh, we self-performed the mass timber structures we talked about earlier. I just think as a general contractor, taking control of the, uh, as much of the process as we, as we possibly can leads to a better outcome, more predictable outcome and uh, safer and higher quality outcome. Yeah, and it's safe to say, Eric, that in your 38 years with Swinerton, you haven't seen anything like this. <laughs> um, but the company um, has been around for over a century now. Is that is that correct? Yeah, 132 years. Yeah, this year. yeah. So it's it's seen its share of cycles, and I think tragedies and and other kind of things happen. Um, You've been only there for the 38 of those 130 plus years. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of lessons learned, right? So not just maybe from the last recession, but, um, you know, just collectively as as an enterprise, you know, how do you look at this, you know, downturn and, you know, how does the company like yours survive? Because obviously um, you've you've shown that you are able to survive through, through cycles. So I'm curious to... You know, get a little bit of that um, of that sort of you know secret uh, juice that maybe you guys have over at Swinerton. Yeah, you know the big lesson for the current management team here at Swinerton was the 1990 um, savings and loan deregulation recession, and I had been with the company about seven years when that happened. So I was I was uh, late 20s, early 30s, and in 1990. Uh, Swinton Walberg, we were in San Francisco and Los Angeles only, and the vast majority of our uh, work was high-rise office building work, and high-rise office building work was booming because of the, the cheap credit that the savings and loan deregulation provided, and we got um, a little, I, 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 would, I would say a little arrogant, actually. We, we thought we were doing fine, and then, and then the recession hit, and we were really hurt badly uh, by that. So, we regrouped in 92, 93, and, and we said, hey, how can we avoid this from happening again? And, and what we came up with is still kind of what we're practicing today. And the solution was geographic diversity and product type diversity. Um, and so we're still, we're still on that march. We just uh, issued a march to 2030, which is the same theme, just getting larger uh, geographic uh, diversity and more product types. And so it's it's a lesson that I learned the hard way as a young man and, and I won't ever forget it. And we preach it to our younger people. Gotta be in multiple markets, multiple product types at all times. You can't, and it's kind of tempting to become a specialist because you know you do things over and over again and you get really good at them and, you just, and you're comfortable there and you wanna be a specialist, but it's a mistake. It's a mistake to just have one or two product types and, and not geographic diversity. I agree. And I'm sure there are um, a lot of your younger colleagues who will, you know, take uh, lessons from, from this downturn as well and hopefully never forget them, you know, either. So, um, Eric, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, stay safe and be well. Thank you. It was fun talking with you.